Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. Samuel is quite possibly one of my favorite prophetic books. Although it may be unfair to say favorite, as each book adds its own flair and information into the lives God wants for us. But Samuel is quite a story, and through Samuel we find some of our greatest Bible school stories. For instance, David and Goliath. Samuel was born at a time when it was, when it was literally every person for themselves. There was no king in Israel at the time of Samuel's birth, and there were no laws set in stone. People were doing what they saw to be right in their own eyes, regardless of the consequences for those around them. Not only were the people devoid of civil laws and obedience, but they were devoid of an understanding of God. The people still went through the motions and their religious rituals, but there was nothing divine about them, and there were few great moments of encounter with God. Samuel's mother was devout, and she had prayed and prayed for a child after years of none. Her name was Hannah, and she prayed to God to ask the priest Eli to, and asked the, and asked the priest Eli to pray for her that she would someday have a child. Eventually, defying all laws of nature, she had Samuel. And even though she had prayed so hard for him and wanted nothing more than to be a mother, she knew that he was special. She knew that the son she had had was more important than anything that he would achieve with her. She knew through her faith in God that her son was meant for bigger things, and, that with, and with that faith, she sent him to live and to study with the priest Eli. As, as the scripture told us this morning, Samuel had been ministering to the people for a little while before he heard the voice of God. He believed in the words of God, but their true meaning had not yet been revealed to him. Although the scripture is not specific to his age when he finally heard the voice of God, I always envision him as being a young teenager, probably no more than 14 or 15. Just one of those internal assumptions that I've made. Eli, who was, who was old and losing his eyesight, had gone to bed, but the lamp was still burning, so it was still somewhat early in the night. As Samuel lay in the temple, close to the ark of God, in the silence, he heard his name. He could have sworn it was Eli calling him. After all, who else could it be? But time and again, Eli told him that he had not called Samuel and that he needed to lie down and rest. Eventually, Eli understood what was happening and recognized that the boy was being called by God. <clears throat> he let Samuel in on the secret, and when Samuel was called again, he answered the Lord, saying he was ready to hear anything that God wanted him to know. That's an awful lot of faith. It's a lot more faith than I had at his age. Both of my parents are elders in the United Methodist Church, and I remember asking a few times why they had become ministers. Both of them gave the answer, because I was called. All right, what does that mean? Through the poking and prodding that only a child can perfect, I was able to get a little bit more information from them. I guess I understood, but it really didn't make sense, at least not until I started to hear my own call. I started to hear something 
when I was in my early 20s. I didn't want them to be from God, at least not what I was hearing. I wanted to be an actress, or an archaeologist, or really just about anything besides a pastor. I had seen how the work was done, and I was pretty sure I didn't want any part of it anymore. I had served my time in a clergy family, and I was busting out. I had just about every excuse to put the call of God that, that God had put before me on the back burner. I had different plans. Not good ones, of course, but plans nonetheless. I loved God, and I went to church, but I was not standing up saying, Here I am, Lord. Where will you have me go? By the time I was actually thinking about what God had been telling me, I was pretty down. I had graduated college with a bachelor's in history. Nothing specific about the degree, just a plain history degree. I was working three jobs, and the first time, I was working three jobs the first time I really thought about going to seminary. I was broke, I was sick, and I was scared. I needed a way out. But when, I thought, when the thought of seminary first came to me, I ignored it because I thought I was just grasping at a life I was comfortable with. I had grown up in it, and I knew how to handle it. I felt like it would be escaping my problems rather than fixing them. A few years later, I wasn't much better off, but I was watching a documentary on Netflix called Saint of 9-11. It told the story of a New York fire city fire department chaplain who went to ground zero moments after the calls to the first calls to the department came in. He could have stayed behind and waited for the first responders to get back. He could have stayed near a television like the rest of us that day, terrified. But he knew that he had to go down to the scene where, are the, where all the horror and the fear was happening. He knew that he had a message of hope through Jesus Christ that those who were suffering in that day in that place and on that day needed. His name was Father Michael Judge, and he was the first documented death that day, having been killed when the first tower came down. Although I did not know if I would ever have the strength to do what Father Michael had done, I knew that in a crisis I was well equipped to help, pe help people spiritually. His stories struck me in such a way that I got online and looked at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary's website to see what their requirements were for acceptance. Seeing that their GPA requirement was just slightly higher than my graduating GPA from Grand Valley, I chickened out and went back to my life as I knew it and how I wanted to live it. The third time I heard God calling me, I was no longer working at the mall, but I was working at a call center in Saginaw. I was in a relationship with someone that I never should have started dating in the first place. We had been together for seven years, and no matter how many times I was shown that we shouldn't be together, I just couldn't and wouldn't leave. It wasn't until I was in the hospital and he somehow managed to make me feel guilty for asking him to help come help me that I finally understood and said to God, Okay, you get me out of this one, I'll go work for you. Two days later, I broke up with the guy, applied to Garrett, was accepted, and signed up for classes in the spring of 2015. Just like that, as fast as that, I was finally on the track that God wanted me to be on, and everything fell into place. My GPA was indeed a little lower than they would have liked, but they let me in anyway. 
and by the next semester I'd earned an academic scholarship from them. My time in seminary was not easy. I don't want anyone to think it was a breeze. But it was where I was supposed to be and what I was meant to do, and I knew that no matter how difficult it was going to be, I was going to make it through because it was from God. I finally understood what my parents had said to me so long ago. I was called to seminary, and, not, and no matter how scary some of those classes were, no matter how heavy the, syllabuses, the syllabi were, I was able to get through because it is where God had put me. It's amazing what can be done when we listen to God in our lives. When we truly allow ourselves to open up the, to the voice of God, nothing can stand in our way. When it is truly from God, it is the right thing, no matter how scary or what hoops we may have to jump, jump through. The hardest part about listening for God in our lives is answering it. The hardest part is to put yourself out there to hear what God has to say and to be willing to go where God sends you. The hardest part is to say, here I am, Lord, where shall I go? With God at the helm, our lives often look much different than we ever thought they would. With God at the center of our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls, we can, put, we can be put on our path that may change us forever, but it may be a change for the better. We are all called to do and be different things. Not everyone is called to be a pastor or a doctor or any other profession that we have. We are called into a vocation, a way to work, to do the work of God in our community, and a way to nourish our souls as we do the work that is needed. Samuel knew to listen a lot sooner than a lot of us. He needed some direction in the area, but he listened to his mentor and he did as he was instructed. He became the kingmaker and helped fulfill the prophecies of God. Is that why we're here? No one knows that for sure besides God. Maybe we are. All we have to do is say, here I am, Lord, to find out. Amen. <laughs>